and this is awesome. Uh, we are joined by uh, by Martha's opponent in the primary, Kelly Ward. Dr. Ward, how you doing? Hey, Garrett. I'm glad to be here. I'm doing great. Uh, Good to be in Tucson. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. And hey, you know yes. what? I want to just let you know. Tell me. I voted for Trump. See? I voted question. for Trump, yeah. and I also campaigned for Trump, and I worked very hard for Mr. Trump. Mojave County went very strong for Donald J. Trump. I can't say the same for Martha's district. She let she let Hillary win this district mm-hmm. by five points. Unacceptable. She would not admit it then. I mentioned in the last hour, uh, Matt Hines, her opponent at the time, weak opponent, by the way, uh, they called her out in a press release, and of course she didn't respond. That's what she does. She just chooses to not respond to things. She wouldn't say who she voted for or didn't vote for. And I want to read really quick. Um, I have it on my phone. i got to stick it on, on. I'll put it on Facebook, and uh, I'll put it on uh, my, my Twitter account as well. Uh, just real quick, I, I want to get your reaction. If people are just tuning in, Martha McSally, in this L.A. Times story where you were in as well, oh. and Arpaio. Oh, yeah, they interviewed They, they interviewed us at the state party meeting. That's what it was, okay. Uh, on the weekend. So uh, that happened, and of course the, the thing was, uh, oh, if you embrace Trump, it could be bad. Yeah, okay, thanks, LA Times. Uh, but it says here, while casting herself as an outsider, McSally will benefit from a torrent of cash that comes with the support of McConnell and the party establishment's big donors. Like, how does, if the LA Times sees that, how, how come everybody in Arizona doesn't see that? And then it says, McSally still won't say whether she voted for Trump. Quote, not your business, end quote. She snapped in an interview after belting out the Star Spangled Banner on stage at a Republican banquet Friday in Phoenix. And she bristles at reminders of her past comments against Trump. Well, you know, politicians like Martha McSally, like Kirsten Cinema, they do. They both have a lot of money. They've raised a lot of money mm-hmm. and they need it because they have to recreate themselves to try to fool the voter yes. into sending them back to Washington, D.C. so they can continue with what has not been happening at the federal level. That's why we've got to have new blood in Washington, D.C. Yes. Uh, and I'm working hard to expose, you know, and and inform people, not just expose her record, but inform people about Martha's record in particular at this point in time Mm -hmm. because she's an F-rated House member. F with the heritage uh, action. F with the Conservative Review Liberty Score. F with Freedom Works. F, F, well, no, she wasn't an F minus, but she was an F with uh, (laughs) Numbers USA on immigration. All of, you don't get a score of 27 or 28 percent if you're a border hawk, if you care about securing the border and stopping illegal immigration. She's down in the range of of Jeff Flake and John McCain, but also of all of our Democrat uh, congressmen. So, Not acceptable. No, no. Dr. Kelly Ward is in studio. She's on uh, KNST AM 790. Um, So uh, what did you think about the Trumpster speech last night? I thought it was great. I I did think it was a very bold speech. It was very inspiring. The stories that he used to to drive home the points uh, that he he talked about, infrastructure and immigration and jobs, of course, jobs in the economy, trade, national security, uh, all of those things. And the people he brought in to showcase those issues were really spectacular. They brought people to very high, uh, happy, emotional highs, but also really brought some tears to a lot of people's eyes from what I've, I've heard on mm-hmm. my social media profile. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kirsten Cinema, a uh, House member right now, and hopefully your opponent, um, I'm assuming she was there because didn't say that she boycotted it. Right. Uh, she must have been part of the crowd that literally did not applaud, did not stand up every time Trump talked about how black unemployment is at a record low, Hispanic unemployment's at a record low, jobs are everywhere. 
I mean, I've never seen a bunch of more unhappy grumps right. in my entire life. And again, so she apparently doesn't want Americans to do well. Right. Well, and, and as, as unhappy as we all were when Barack Obama was in the White House, we never expressed anti-American sentiment, mm-hmm. anti-jobs, you know, uh, anti-economy, anti-growth. And, you know, really, we had America applauding last night. All across America, Republicans, independents, and even almost half of the Democrats from what yeah. the poll I saw on CBS. Yep. It, that That's amazing. And the Democrats in Washington, D.C. and the mainstream media were sitting on their hands. Most of them were scowling because they just can't give credit to Donald Trump, the Republican Party, and the American people for the direction the country's going in. It's sad. Um, one of the things that uh, some conservatives may have a problem with was when Trump talked about infrastructure spending. Once, what, a trillion and a half dollars, whatever it might be. Now, you know, here's the thing. We realize, we get all these reports, the roads, the bridges, they're Mm -hmm. terrible because the government for too many decades didn't do its job. Instead of fixing the roads and all these things, they were were funding programs that have nothing to do with the government. Um, And he talked about the private sector. But is there a way, because we do need a roads and bridges fixed, is there a way to make sure to somehow cut down on the waste when it's so big and government's involved? Yeah, I I definitely think that there is. Uh, Whenever you look at how... The Democrats, basically, when they're in power, how they propose to do spending, it's 90 percent government funded, 10 percent private funded. And from what I understand, President Trump is proposing 10 percent government funding with 90 percent private funding. And I think that that's going to provide huge, you know, huge numbers of jobs as well as high paying jobs for American citizens, because we do have to make sure that our roads and our bridges and our infrastructure are sound. Yeah, we've just been basically whipped into this this just seeing all this wasteful spending you know all this all this spending that apparently jeff flake likes to point out but never actually stopped that's just that's just something else but what do you make about uh congressman gosar uh saying that i you know any illegal alien should be arrested right trying to get a state of the union because they're obviously using some kind of fake id fake social security number to get in well, and, and then, of course, Jeff Flake's weak response, then Gosar just dropped a missile on him. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I love Congressman Gosar. He's my congressman uh, up in Mojave County. He does a great job. He stands for liberty. He stands for smaller government. And he works very hard against many odds, because you might not not remember, but he voted against Boehner. Uh, he voted against Ryan for Speaker of the House mm-hmm. because he wanted someone that was actually more principled. Yep. And he was told by the leadership that he would never get anything done. But he has been one one of our most effective congressmen in Washington. Yep. He and Andy Biggs and David Schweikert, they need an A-plus senator, not an F-rated senator, in, uh, you know, over on the other side so that they can partner. We can all partner together to get things done for Arizona. So, um, you know, I think that following the rule of law is very important, oh, whether yeah. it's at the, the State of the Union address or when we're talking about immigration. Um, Jeff Flake, and by the way, Dr. Kelly Ward is in the studio right now on KNST AM 790. Ryan, can you play the uh, the Jeff Flake soundbite? Um, I just wanted to, it, it, it's amazing to me. Jeff Flake goes on the Senate floor, and I know he's Mr. Irrelevant. I get, he is literally Mr. Irrelevant, and he, but he, I think there's something wrong with him because he literally continues to be su- stuck in some kind of obsessive situation with Trump and illegal, and, and illegal aliens. Uh, Flake was on MSNBC because, again, he's still trying out for a job, I think. Uh, number 91, he actually, he actually said this 
what Trump should have said about dreamers. This is incredible. Here we go. And there were some good moments. Obviously, there were some unifying moments referring to people in the gallery uh, with the immigration issue. I would have hoped, uh, you know, if you mention MSN or MS-13, uh, then uh, then certainly uh, you ought to mention uh, some of the dreamers who've accomplished great things. And uh, the reason that we need to fix this situation, that would have been a nicer balance and, and certainly a play for the bipartisanship we're going to have to have if we're going to solve this issue in the next couple of weeks. So say nice things about illegal aliens. Don't just say the ones that do bad things and, and kill people. Let's give amnesty to, to everybody, though, so we can't identify the good and the bad. I mean, that's just what a lunatic. Well, he is. And, you know, and I, I strongly but respectfully disagree with the White House's framework mm-hmm. on immigration that they put out because I, it's it's about the timing. You know, the Democrats and Jeff Flake and the establishment always like to talk about the timing with Donald Trump. Well, it's mm-hmm. the timing in this bill as well. Mm-hmm. Things have to be accomplished first before any conversation about a permanent solution to the DACA population created by not only Barack Obama with his executive order, but also by the parents of this population who willfully broke our laws mm-hmm. to come here. And so they, you know, until until we fund and build the wall, eliminate the diversity lotto, end chain migration, defund sanctuary cities, and institute mandatory E-Verify across the board, we can't have this conversation. The conversation is a distraction. It's an emotional uh, roller coaster that the media uses to push a progressive liberal agenda that is not good for America, for our economy, or for our citizens on all of us uh, in, in the interest of being fair. Well, is it fair to people who came here the right way, who, who were separated from their families in many cases for many years, who spent lots of money to be able to come here and do it the right way? Is it fair to that immigrant population to place this other population above them? I say no. Do you think, because Trump tweeted out on, on Saturday night, that he gave that deal for two reasons. One, he wants to get the problem solved. Two, he knew the Democrats wouldn't take the deal. Well, Almost like he realized, right, now I got to call you on the carpet. Now I could expose you to the public that yes. you don't want to do it. Let's get more Republicans elected and solve this problem the right way. That's right. And it has exposed yeah. them. And and I certainly hope that this is a masterful game of political chess. I hope so, too. Um, because if we ultimately do give amnesty to almost two million people who came here the wrong way, we are sending a very wrong message. And we are going to be in this same situation in a few years down the road. It happened with Ronald Reagan in 1986. He granted amnesty. He said his biggest regret was granting amnesty and trusting Congress to secure the border. Mm -hmm. We can't just have a trust fund to build. I mean, ask anybody that's on Social Security what they think about trust funds. Mm -hmm. They're going to be raided by by Congress. And so we've got to get new people. We do need more Republicans on the House side and on the Senate side. I hate to lose a a House seat down here um, because of someone's ambitions uh, when Mm -hmm. instead we could have a House seat and another Senate. Senate seat and we could be moving things in the right direction. Instead, uh, egos and looking for the next big thing get in the way of success for the Republican Party. Yes, they do. Uh, Can you hang with me for just a sec? Sure. Uh, I want to ask you about the debates that you're calling for and if anybody has responded to them yet, because I mean, I I think it's brilliant on your part. So we'll get to that. Dr. Kelly Ward in studio challenging her opponents to debates. What's the latest? Did they get back to her? We'll find out. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. We're continuing right now with uh, Dr. Kelly Ward in studio. Uh, by the way, sunny high in the low 80s today, so that's that's fantastic. That's really, really, really good because it stinks everywhere else. Um, 
Now, again, we're still, we still have not heard back from uh, Martha McSally, who, again, apparently still won't tell people if she voted for Trump or not, which I find to be absolutely hilarious. And uh, we, had a, we had a watching party last night up at Mr. Ron's, and there were several hundred people there. It was, it was phenomenal. Um, all I heard was from people, why is Joe Arpaio still in it? He's sucking votes out of Kelly Ward. What the heck is going on? He needs to go above. I'm like, I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I, I just, I'm not being an ageist, but I am being an ageist. No offense, when you're 85, just go enjoy life. Just, just enough. You've done, like, when I'm 85, I'll, I want to enjoy life. Egos are just too damn big. So I think, obviously, you're doing a smart play here. Uh, I don't know if I trust the polls, though, that show all of a sudden that you are somehow in third and Martha's in first and you and Joe are splitting. With, I don't know if I trust these damn polls. Well, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't trust trust that because we see the mood on the ground. Yeah. Now, of course, you'd expect anybody who announces to get a little bit of a bump. Yeah. And um, But I know that most of those polls that have been done were push polls that were done by Martha fans at least you know people that support her and it took about 12 to 15 negative things about me before they finally got the results that they wanted so what happens in these polls is they call and they say who are you going to vote for and you say kelly ward and then they try to say something bad about me to drag me down and then they say now who are you going to vote for you're still going to vote for yes kelly ward and they say another bad thing about me to try to and they can be true false or otherwise um you know really things that they say and they drag they try to drag it down till they finally get you to say oh that's that's just the thing that is the straw that broke the camel's back. I just can't do it. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with whoever. I'm, uh, that, that's not okay. me. And so that those are the kind of polls that they've been doing mm-hmm. recently. Sometimes, I mean, some other people may be doing some other polls. We aren't doing any polling ourselves right now. So if anybody's getting calls, it's not from the ward campaign. But um, it's interesting because all even the polls showing that the, the order, the supposed order, what they really show is that about 60% of the Republican electorate is sick and tired of Washington, D.C., and they don't want another inside class politician and Martha certainly is that she's you know basically handpicked by Mitch McConnell uh, he was touting her as a candidate before she ever even announced and she, she's uh, they've been pledging support from the Senate Leadership Fund mm-hmm. which is run by Mitch's former chief of staff and it does have money uh, it's supposed to be to keep incumbents in office so I don't know how they're justifying what they're using that's but, the thing she's the next flake well she's yes the, you know flake it's 2.0. continuation of flake you're, you're, you're absolutely right people can see some ads on my Facebook page Okay. or on my on my Twitter, um, exposing some of that. It's at Kelly Ward AZ. So, you know, I hope they'll go there, look, join the page, keep join the conversation because we've got to have that two-way communication between the people who are elected and the people who are supposed to be being represented. And I offer that right there via social media. So you challenged... Uh Arpaio and McSally to six debates. Yes. Have you heard back from any of them? I don't know because I'm not in charge of being the one that gets the okay. responses. But I know, you know, we we have proposed a, a structure, a framework, basically um, roughly a one once a month endeavor between now and August because voters really should be able to see who is going to go to Washington, D.C. and do the job for them. They should be able to see more than a 60-second ad on television with planes flying around, Mm -hmm. very reminiscent of John McCain. I don't want anything that's (laughs) reminiscent of John McCain in Washington, D.C. myself, but that's just me Mm -hmm. and maybe many of the people that are listening. Um, So we should have these debates. They should be focused on the issues that are top of the mind in Arizona voters. We want to do it across some platforms, some 
televised, some on radio, and we want to do some social media, Facebook and, and Twitter um, endeavors. I would welcome um, questions from the audience or pre-submitted questions so that we can actually hear from the voters, not just from a moderator like you, Garrett. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would I would be fine with having you moderate. I don't know if Martha would agree, but yeah, you know. I, listen, I would, um, I would, uh, I would, I would do a lot to moderate that. Pretty yeah. sure she would be very upset about that. Well, but, yeah, yeah, you know, um, we want we want fair Republican, you know, moderators who are going to put the questions to us in a way that we can answer and we can expose our own records and our thoughts about policy moving down the road. I think that we owe that to to the voters. I, I wish the Republican Party would sponsor it. I asked them to sponsor one last time when I ran against Senator McCain. And they their answer, Robert Graham's answer was, well, McCain will never agree to it. I said, well, that's not my problem. Yeah, ask them. Your job as the GOP, whether you're in Phoenix or in Tucson or in the United States, is to expose the Republican electorate to the options so that we can make a, a a fair and informed decision about who we want to serve us in Washington. That's a great point because again, it's not whether McCain agrees or McSally agrees. Uh, it's that if you're a Republican in this state, you want to find out who to vote for. And again, Martha's doing a decent job of, in my estimation, um, being like a chameleon, kind of camouflaging, mm-hmm. kind of hiding, kind of changing who she is by avoiding local shows where we know exactly what she's about, and we'll ask questions, and she should she should be able to answer them without skepticism. But she goes on national shows where they give very surface-level questions, and she gives her little answers, and, and it's really not good. Is Bob Graham still in charge of the Republican Party? No, he's not anymore, no, right? he, he's not. Now we have Jonathan Lines. He's from he's from Yuma, um, and so I'm. I, I think it's been a little more fair under Jonathan okay. um, to me, just mm-hmm. because the last time really I was I was persona non grata mm-hmm. because I was willing to take on Senator McCain. But I think that that anyone who is not performing up to the standards that are expected by the voter should be challenged in in a primary or in a general wherever that problem lies. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see. A a lot of Democrats who are taken out this year across the country. And I think that we're going to get some some strong conservative victories here in Arizona, as well as in other states, so that President Trump has the reinforcements that he needs to be able to accomplish the America First agenda. We've got Rand Paul coming to town. Um, he's, he's endorsed me in this effort. He's a liberty lover. You know, I describe myself as a liberty-loving, constitutional, conservative Republican. He falls into that category as well. So he's going to be in, in Phoenix, at least, and We'll see if okay. we can get him down south. I'm not sure. Can I talk to you more about that? Do you, could you stick around for just a couple more minutes? Sure. Because I want to talk to you about something that I, I don't think is being brought up enough of what needs to be solved. And I think it's right up your, your alley. And I'd love to get your ideas about it um, because it seems like Republicans have for, all for, forgotten all about Obamacare. <laughs> yes. You know, so I want to I want to talk about that more coming up with uh, Dr. Kelly Ward in studio right here on KNST AM 790. Uh, again, back here, Dr. Kelly Ward still in studio with me uh, talking about uh, the State of the Union last night. A lot of things were covered. Uh, a Trump, listen, he looks to the positive and stuff. He brags about, and this is a big thing, that the Obamacare tax, the mandate, gone. Um, still doesn't mean Obamacare is dead, though. Right. So, you know, it's, and, and you ask the Republicans, that's on an interview with Mitch McConnell, and he never mentions repealing Obamacare. It's like all these establishment Republicans, these rhinos, are afraid to actually get rid of it, yet the whole country's like, health insurance costs are up, premiums are up, everything's up. Get rid of this thing. So 
what needs to happen? Uh, you're you're exactly right. It's one of the biggest disappointments, I think, of this last year is the fact that every Republican that's in Washington, D.C. right now ca- campaigned on repealing Obamacare. They added in replace eventually, you know, but that was not what they really campaigned on. They campaigned on full repeal. And to, to, to think that we have the House and the Senate and the White House and we're still getting those excuses from the insiders, I have to tell them the age of ex- excuses is over. The era of excuses is over because new people are coming with new ideas. And we do. I mean, I'm, I'm glad the individual mandate is gone. I wish it, the skinny repeal had been uh, put in place when uh, when McCain gave that famous thumbs down. Yeah. Um, but we're on our way there. At least there's that tiny piece. But we have to bring the free market back into medicine. I have had a plan. It's called the patient power plan. And guess what? It puts the, pa- the power back where it belongs in the hands of every one of us, in the hands of patients. And it does that by... Um, implementing health savings accounts across the board. People who are Medicaid, you know, recipients will get a little bit of help. Working age adults can save their own money for their own care. And Medicare age patients can use their Part C benefits to be able to buy into a health savings account. That has to be coupled with major medical catastrophic care coverage. Not, I don't, I don't want to force people to have it, but I want it to be recommended and I want people to know that they need that true insurance for real emergencies. Things like car accidents or cancer or very expensive long-term chronic illnesses, pregnancies, all of those things could be covered by true insurance. And then we could get the health care system under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you said premiums are up, deductibles are up, uh, you know, the, the plans, everything's up. Well, what's not up is quality and access to care. And that's what Americans are crying out for. That's what Arizonans are crying out for. And so if we implement a more free market approach to health care, everyone's going to be able to get what they want, what they need, what they deserve, rather than waiting for the government to provide something. You know, one thing that um, that really bothers me, and my wife's a pharmaceutical rep, and I've talked mm-hmm. about that. And, and, and I, you know, I hear all these stories now that I get the inside stuff. Um, one thing that, and you're a doctor, that is very frustrating is that health insurance companies teach you or dictate to you how to be a doctor, to tell you what to do for the patient. Like you want to prescribe a particular medicine or give a particular test and they tell you, nope, you got to do this, this and this. And if they fail those things, then you can do it. Right. Even though with with medical expertise, I mean, I have almost 20 years of, of medical expertise and I know what's going to work and what's not going to work. I know when I need an MRI, not a plain X-ray film to be able to find what I'm looking for and what I suspect and what's in my differential diagnosis. That's why I mm-hmm. went to medical school and that's why yeah. I did a residency program and and how I developed those skills. But you're right. The insurance companies do dictate that leading many times, most times, into more cost to the healthcare system, unnecessary cost. So let me ask you this then, and, and I'm not one for legislation and more legislation and things like that, but there's a lot of it already. Could there be any kind of legislation? I know the health insurance lobby is very strong, but could there be anything, a law that's passed that says health insurance companies can't tell doctors how to do their job? Well, I mean, I think I think that that sounds good on the surface, but I don't know that we're ever going to get it because yeah. they have all their cost containment measures in mm-hmm. place. I think that that they should um, should let the doctors lead the way. Oh, myself. they should, but, but they I also never do. I also think that on the opioid crisis. Yeah. Now, I was leading the way on the opioid fighting the opioid crisis before it was in vogue. Mm-hmm. When I was in the state senate, I passed some legislation to help fight that. 
But I think we need to be very, very careful with what the government is proposing now. Limiting prescriptions to five days. Yeah, I don't like what Ducey's doing. Well, I I live in rural Arizona. Some of my patients have to travel an hour or more to get to the pharmacy. And some of them do have chronic pain issues. And as long as you're prescribing appropriately, then there shouldn't be problems. What we should be doing is cracking down on the outliers, on the people who are uh, over-prescribing incorrectly. The ones that are dumb, dated, duped, or duplicit in what they are doing. Those are the people that we should be cracking down on, not painting all physicians and all prescribers with the same broad brush. Well, you tell me, because, and by the way, Dr. Kelly Ward's in studio on KNST AM 790. Ducey wants to limit it to what seven days or five, 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 days? Or five, five to seven days. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I forget. I it's, I it's something like that. Days. But if you do that, all that does is drive people to the black market. That's all it does. Well, it doesn't certainly doesn't help people. A, a, a person that's living in poverty who yeah. has to drive an hour to a pharmacy. Gas prices are still mm-hmm. not as low as they they could be or yep. should be, uh, and and some of them have illnesses and diseases that make it very difficult to travel. And so the government is getting in the way yes. of actual good medical care, and I think that that's a bad path to go down. Okay. Um, well, listen. Um, the last thing, when it comes to Obamacare and health insurance. There was a big story, what, a few weeks ago, the Trump administration said, we are going to start installing rules to have health insurance sold across state lines. Yes. And that's the last we've heard of it. And I know it's a Labor Department thing and stuff like that, but what needs to happen after this? Do we need somebody, why isn't any member of Congress just taking the bull by the horns and saying, let's run with this, right. let's well, do it? Well, you know who sponsored uh, purchasing health insurance across state lines Ooh, here in Arizona? Yeah, that was you. Kelly yeah. Ward. Yes, I and did. And Jan Brewer killed uh, it. Well, no, I, I got it through the Senate, yeah. but I couldn't even get it heard in the House because the insurance lobby on mm. the House side was so strong But didn't Jan Brewer point. vetoed it in 2011? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she did early. Yeah, early. early. Okay. This was in 2015. Okay. I brought it back yep. and it, it couldn't get it through. Okay. So, I mean, we do need champions for these issues. And yeah. so that's why people like me need to get to Washington, because I understand the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Not only did I own my own practice and went, went to medical school, did my residency, all those things. I also did a, a health policy fellowship and a master's in public health with an emphasis in health policy. I did medical education from the time I was a resident, doing a master teacher's program and uh, trained our future physicians for years. And then got to implement health policy at the state level. Those things, that experience, that breadth of knowledge is needed in Washington because very, very few people have have the knowledge that I do about health care. I hope it happens. And let us know if uh, Martha or Joe accept the debates. I will. And, hey, get in touch with our staff. We'd love to, to get you in the mix in terms Please of uh, helping us out. There. I have questions. I think I might scare her away. I don't want to screw it up for you. Uh, uh, Dr. Kelly Ward, find her on Facebook, on Twitter, and the website. KellyWard.com. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Thanks, Garrett. Great to see you. You same here. We'll continue. It's KNST.